It's March the 31st, and by now the United Kingdom of Great Britain, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland was supposed to be out of the European Union. Except it isn't, as you probably know. Welcome to the Bible in the News. This is John Billington with you. If you've been watching the British news, and almost all the news around the world, um, you would know that the great countdown was to March the 29th. The people of the United Kingdom were told that, with or without a deal, they would be leaving the European Union on this day. Only this week, or last week, the government voted to go against what it had promised. Maybe unsurprising, but they did. Nigel Farage, a member of the European Parliament, the previous leader of the United Kingdom Independence Party, and the de facto leader of Brexit, attended a rally in London claiming that he was ready to continue the fight. Here he is. I can't think of any time in history in which a greater betrayal of a democratic vote has ever happened in any country in the Western world. And they can tonight over there content themselves because they think they're winning. Because that's because they live in the Westminster bubble. We are the real people of this country and we know, we know that referendum was the first of many great victories. We will get our country back. We will get our independence back. We will get our pride and self-respect back. We are going to win. And please, make no mistake, Brexit will happen. Britain will leave Europe. And as confident as Mr. Farage sounds, the reason that we can be so sure that Britain will in fact come out of Europe is that the Almighty God has a different purpose and destiny for those British Isles, as we have looked at a number of times on the Bible in the News and also in previous issues of the Bible magazine. Although the message was not quite as loud as Nigel Farage at the event. There were two fabulous banners seen. One quoted John Thomas from 1848, saying, Europe as a united dominion, Britain cannot be included among them. And a second was seen, quoting Paul Billington from Guardians of Israel and Arabia, written in 1990, saying, Britain's exit from Europe is inevitable. And both with a headline, Bible believers understood. Now, those banners were extremely exciting, especially as they made quite a presence on the global, um, it was global news, and also on uh, Time uh, on Time News. Both of their um, coverage of the events included those two banners. So the Bible truly was in the news, please notice. Very exciting. But... Although it was not in the minds of most of those involved on the Brexit debate, at the, it is the historical heart of the conflict. Because Britain is a Protestant nation, the Protestant nation. Protestantism was almost eradicated from much of Europe through the horrific events of the 16th and, 16th and 17th centuries. But in Britain, a protesting spirit developed and was never conquered as those two banners happily showed. Now, if you subscribe to the Bible magazine, 
The latest edition just came off the press last week and examines the history of this conflict. So if you don't subscribe to the Bible Magazine, now is your chance. And you can go to BibleMagazine.com to uh, to do that. It's got to be done, folks. You've got to subscribe and stay uh, in touch with this because what we do on Bible in the News is quick and dirty. But what happens in the Bible Magazine is much more methodical and thought out. Uh, not to say people don't spend time on Bible in the News. That's not what we're saying. But the Bible Magazine has the time to be able to go a little deeper into some of these things and into the history of some of these conflicts. And this latest Bible magazine certainly does that. And it'll be arriving to subscribers, uh, I would say, in the next, uh, probably depends where you are in the world, month. Um, but certainly, if you haven't subscribed, now is uh, now's your chance to, to do that. Now, if you already subscribe, we would encourage, because some people like to know, well, how can we help? How can we? If you already subscribe, hunt, beautiful. If you want to help us get the message out, then there's a discount for... Uh, subscribing um, as a gift subscription to send it to a friend. So maybe go out and do that. So in this latest magazine, there is uh, at the end of, um, I think it's Paul Billington's article, there is a section that is quoting from Melanie Phillips, uh, an article that she uh, wrote uh, originally in the Jerusalem Post. And um, the following is from that article and, and, and is quoted in the magazine. I'm just quoting a little piece of it. But um, she wrote an incredible article and describes the division in Britain uh, today over Brexit. And she writes, Tragically, these passions have split families and, and uh, sundered friendships. The reason is that this is not merely a political argument. It is a titanic civilizational clash between two fundamental worldviews. The first seeks to defend the Western nation based on its discrete and particular history, language, religion, culture, and ethical values drawn from the Hebrew Bible and Christianity, a a national identity expressed through laws passed by a democratically elected and sovereign parliament. The second wants to destroy all that and replace it by a new world order, under which the Western nation is superseded by transnational laws and institutions, national borders are erased, and biblical morality replaced by ideology, specifically identity politics, moral relativism, and multiculturalism. This nation-denying universalism is intimately connected to hatred of Israel, Judaism, and the Jewish people. Unbelievable. In fact, when I saw this article I, I i phoned to uh, to my father and i said you've got to read this you've got to you've got to see it and i was extremely excited by what she had written because it's rare that people will connect these events together as she did uh, of course he had already read it but these two fundamentally opposed worldviews are not just at war in britain the fight is the same wherever you go in the western world where countries were built on the principles and morals of the Hebrew Bible. And certainly the fight is, is clear here in Canada, uh, and to the south of us in America, we can attest to that. And I'm sure it's the same whether you go to any of the Western world countries, uh, Australia, New Zealand, um, and of course uh, in Britain itself. But the connection that Melanie Phillips makes between those trying to erase the influence of the Bible and the hatred of Israel, those two, trying to erase uh, the influence of the Bible, and the hatred of Israel is certainly true. And it makes complete sense. 
If you despise the principles of Scripture, as society does today, you would certainly despise also the people of the Bible. And their return to the land of their forefathers, as the prophecy said they would, uh, is clear, living proof that the Bible is true and it is God's living word. There's no science that they can invent to muddy the waters on this. It was written clear as day that the, the Jews would go back, and true to his word, God has made it happen. Um, and we may come back a little to that. Worth mentioning, though, is the clarity, whether in Israel or Britain, uh, when it comes to which side the Roman church is on. This is true both historically and today, currently. And in the latest ed issue of the Catholic Herald, which is published in Britain, the following was written by Andrew Cusack um, of the achievements of the Christian, read Catholic, uh, read Catholic Democratic parties in Europe. So, the, so he's he's discussing the you know what influence they've had, and he writes: regardless of current controversies, the European Union must be counted as one of the Christian Democrats' greatest achievements. Remember, when you read Christian Democrats, read Catholic Democrats, greatest achievements. The elimination of borders among the preponderance of European countries and their peaceful cooperation in an economic, social, and political union seems like a utopian fantasy when discussed by, discussed by Christian Democrats in the 1920s. It was the anti-utopian pragmatism of Christian Democrats like Robert Schuman that allowed this dream to become a reality. Simply put, there would have been no EU without Christian democracy. In the words of Scripture, of course, Revelation 17, These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Or as Melanie Phillips calls it, nation-denying universalism. What many did not expect is the extent to which President Donald Trump would take up the fight against this nation-denying universalism, and the seeming clarity with which he and his administration see this. The fact that Mr. Trump loves the United Kingdom, the Queen, and just about everything British is sort of beside the point. He made sure it was big news when he put the bust of Churchill back in the Oval Office, and he has been clear that he is not a fan of Britain being in part of the European project. What's strange for many in Britain, even in the Conservative Party, they seem embarrassed, actually, by Trump's love. Maybe it's... Maybe it's the kind of uh, person he is. It's uh, outside of America. I think many find his, um, his ways a little hard to, to handle. And it's... Although we would say maybe half of America may agree... But whether they want to admit it or not, they are going to need Trump's America. Because it is Trump's America right now that is so ready and waiting to build the special relationship to new heights. If you remember under Obama, what did he say? Uh, Obama said that they would be, if they got out of Europe, they would be at the back of the queue. Certainly not the case under Trump. In fact, to the chagrin of Europe, the Trump administration is pro-Brexit and extremely excited to talk trade. The following uh, is Mr. John Bolton, Trump's national security advisor, speaking to this. Previously, you've advocated uh, for Brexit. 
Uh, Britain now seems to be teetering on the brink of constitutional collapse this week. Are you having second thoughts? Well, you know, if I were a private citizen, again, I'd have a lot of commentary on it. I'll just uh, say this. The president's been clear. He wants a resolution of this issue that allows the United States and Britain to come to trade deals again. He sees huge opportunity uh, if Britain's status can be resolved. And I think the point he's made that I would stress is people of Britain have voted. When is the political class going to give effect to that vote? Do you think a, a trade deal is still in the offing between the U.S. and the U.K.? We are ready to go. We are ready to go. Trade Minister Liam Fox would be welcome here. Any member of the government would be welcome here. We can do these deals quickly. We're, we're ready to go. We want to partner with a newly independent Britain. Now, although the Trump administration is looking to build stronger ties with Britain and the Commonwealth, they're also strengthening support of Israel to unprecedented levels. And the intimate connection between Western civilization, the Bible, and its people are certainly seen. We might find this surprising coming from an administration, as I say, with a president that is, well, unique on his third wife, uh, rather proud and a bit of a potty mouth. But the fact that no previous administration was willing to do what Mr. Trump and his team has done is undeniable. Not going through everything, but a short list. We would put down unwavering support of Israel at the UN, cutting funding to the Palestinians, cutting funding to UNRWA, which is completely biased against Israel, the recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and then moving the embassy to Jerusalem, even though, in Trump's words, the campaign against it was so incredible, he said. And now he has pushed ahead and recognized the Golan Heights as belonging to Israel. The list goes on and on. And just recently on a trip to Israel, the U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo agreed in an interview where the Christian Broadcasting Network um, asked if Trump may be the modern Queen Esther raised up to help save the Jewish people from an Iranian menace. He then said, that he, and he agreed, he agreed to that. And then he said that without a doubt, the Lord was at work in Israel. Truly unprecedented. I mean, even before, if people thought it, they didn't say it. Well, we're living in increasingly unique times. Well, Theresa May has said that the UK will not move its embassy to Jerusalem. However, her position as Prime Minister looks rather shaky. And just maybe the next Prime Minister would find it in them to change that. And if you move the embassy to Jerusalem, you can be sure to find a friend in the White House. And it's also interesting in Canada that the opposition to the current Liberal Party in Canada has said that they would move the embassy to Jerusalem if they get in. And in Canada, the current Liberal Party is looking increasingly shaky also. So, either way, we can be sure, so very sure, that the Bible will continue to be in the news. For the Lord truly is at work. So, come back next week to BibleInTheNews.com to see... How?